Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by loserpool.com. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simeu, and this is not quite the preview show, um, given that I'm travelling for work today. I'm on the road, I'm driving at the moment, so I'm unable to record the proper podcast, the full-length podcast. So today, uh, I thought I'd record a little something, just sharing my thoughts uh, and reflecting on the defeat in Wren last night. Um... Arsenal 1, Ren 3 in the end. Uh, where do I begin? I mean, I think we, most of us anyway, expected Ren to give us a difficult game. This was kind of like their European Cup final. They, there was lots of talk about Ren having been able to sell the stadium out three, four times. Such was the demand uh, from the Ren fans. They're a well-supported club right in the heart of Brittany. Um, a, a very old French club one of the founders of Liga and then someone that, a club, sorry, that, you know, many people respect. They, they've got a track record of producing good young players. Um, you know, our very own Sylvain Wiltor came from there. Ousmane Dembele, a player that we've forever been linked with. Uh, Decore at Watford is from there as well. So they've got a history of producing good players and, you know, that I know that doesn't mean that their team right now is, is brilliant, but... Having spoken to Jeremy Aliadier on last week's podcast, and you can check that out, by the way. It's episode 53, um, fantastic episode with Jeremy Aliadier and Ask Blog. Jeremy warned us that Ren have a lot of talented players, and on their day, they are capable of causing anybody problems. The reason they find themselves in the position they do in the French League is because they've been inconsistent, they've been unable to find uh, the required level of consistency and uh, Sabri Lamucci, their former manager, was fired as a result of that. Um, but there was never any question about the talent that this Ren side have. So Unai Emery picked his team. He went with Pere Cech in goal, Mustafi at right back, um, Koscielny, Socrates, centre-backs with Nacho Monreal continuing at left back, Granit Xhaka, Lucas Torreira in the midfield, um, and ahead of them were Henrik Mkhitaryan, Mesa Ozil and Alex Iwobi. With Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang leading the line, of course, Alex Lacazette serving that ban uh, following his red card in Borisov. So that was the, the team that Emery went with. And, and let's be honest, you know, I don't think anybody had any complaints. He stuck with the back four that did so well at Wembley against Spurs, which most of us wanted to see. Um, I always bang on about that midfield pivot and Xhaka and Torreira for me is the answer there. Um, I like to see Mesut Ozil in the side and, you know, given that uh, Alex Iwobi has played so well of late and so has Henrik Mkhitaryan, they were sort of nailed on starters. And Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, well, the manager had no choice, did he? I know he didn't have a, uh, a great time at Wembley, came on as a sub and missed that crucial penalty, but options were limited last night. Options were limited in the striking area. Uh, for me, Eddie Nketiah is not ready to feature um, from the start and, and I think most people will probably agree with that. Let me know what you think. Tweet me at chronicles underscore AFC. So that was the team and I was happy with that. 
Um, so I'm not going to sit here now and, and slate Unai Emery for his team selection. Where I think Unai Emery let himself down last night was in his game management. Now, of course, Arsenal started the game brilliantly, like a house on fire. Some brilliant football, some really good interchanges. Alex Iwobi's cross, I'm going to say that because it was a cross, towards the far post, found its way into the, into the bottom corner. It came off the post and went in. Uh, and all of a sudden, Arsenal were 1-0 up. In Ren had murdered the atmosphere somewhat, uh, almost instantly. And we even had a couple more chances, didn't we? Lucas Torreira had a good chance. Uh, where the keeper made a, uh, a good stop where the ball was cut across again by Alex Iwobi and Alex Iwobi had impressed you know he, he was wriggling free of players using his trickery skill his guile but he was also picking out players in the middle this time and, and producing that end product that we so often criticise him for not having so yeah a good start to the game uh, and then it all changed Socrates sent off in my eyes, we can have no complaints, really. I think the first one was silly. I think the first one, if you go to ground in that instance, you're going to get penalised. You're going to be shown the yellow card. I don't think there's, there's any argument there. You know, if you, if you hit the deck and you take the player out, you're going to be booked. Simple as that. The second one, um, it looks a bit soft. So I get where people are coming from when they're saying that. But Sars made the run off him, hasn't he? He's... he's got on free of him, he's wriggled free and Socrates in panic mode uh, you know, makes a slight bit of contact with the player, the player's always going to go down there, the player's always going to go down there, our player would have done the same thing the, 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 key, the thing is, as a central defender on a yellow card, and as a central defender with the vast experience that Socrates has you just don't get caught in those situations, you shouldn't be in that position um, the runner had peeled off the back of him and he was in all sorts of trouble and the minute the player hit the ground I think we all expected the red card to come out and it did now not ideal of course and I don't blame Unai Emery for that you can't because he's not in control of, of things like that but I was disappointed with Unai Emery's management following that um, okay it was close to half time uh, Bourajord, I think his name is, took the free kick. It was blocked by the wall. The ball came back to him. And with an unbelievable strike, he put Ren on level terms. It was a great strike. Uh, Petrček could do nothing about that. That was one of those strikes that if he hits the ball 100 times, 99 of them, he doesn't hit it that cleanly. But somehow he did. He found the back of the net and it was 1-1. And at that point, as a fan, I don't know about you guys, but as a fan, I thought, you know what? we've come here we've got our away goal we're down to 10 men let's see this out and I'm not so when I say see this out it, you know it was half time I'm not saying let's go out there and park the bus and not even attempt to play football but it's you need to adopt a more conservative approach in this situation I was full of confidence that Arsenal were going to were going to bring this back to the Emirates and turn it around and even when we went 2-1 down I still had that belief. I still felt as though it didn't really matter about the performance on the night. We'd got our away goal, and at the Emirates, in front of our own fans, Arsenal were more than capable of turning this tie around. Now, my issues with Unai Emery's game management are these. I'm going to go into them. I'm going to explain them to you, because you're probably thinking I'm, a, I'm being a little bit harsh 
I don't think I am, but anyway. Um, so the first one was the decision to leave Henrik Mkhitaryan at right back after the sending off. To me, that made absolutely no sense. I think at that point, um, the manager's got to sacrifice someone. Now, I've heard some of you saying he should have sacrificed Aubameyang and, and just kept the game tight. For me, it wouldn't have been Aubameyang. And it, the reason it wouldn't have been Aubameyang was because of that point that I made just a moment ago regarding the lack of cover in that position on our bench. Because there was no Alex Lacazette, if we found ourselves in a situation later on in the game where we needed a goal, you wouldn't have had anyone to turn to. So for me, Aubameyang had to stay on. My decision, and he's a player I absolutely adore, but I would have taken off Mesut Ozil. Um, and the reason for that is that link between the midfield and the striker, if there's one position that you can sacrifice, maybe function without for, for a while, it was that position. It was taking off someone who gets on the ball, is a bit of a luxury, isn't going to work overly hard for you. And I, and I would have gone with Ozil because I think that, that with 10 men, Mkhitaryan would have been a better option. Uh, Mkhitaryan has shown that he is willing to dig in. He's willing to be more industrious. And for that reason, I'd have kept him on the pitch. But I'd have taken off Mesut Ozil and brought on Ainsley Maitland-Niles. I mean, Ainsley Maitland-Niles is not a right-back by any means. We know that. We've discussed this lots of times on the podcast. And I think it's fair to say that Ainsley Maitland-Niles is not really in favour with Unai Emery at the moment. But... He's played at right back many times. He certainly knows that position a lot better than Henrik Mkhitaryan does. And for me, Henrik Mkhitaryan in the second half just looked absolutely lost. There were instances where Wren were working the ball out wide. He didn't know whether to go to the man, whether to tuck in with his centre-halves. And that's completely understandable. The guy's not a right back. So that was the first decision for me that I felt cost us. I felt the balance of the team was affected um, and I thought that Emery got that one wrong. The second thing I want to touch on uh, was the, the decision to take off Alex Iwobi. Um, you know, Alex Iwobi's played a lot of football lately. Alex Iwobi comes under fire quite a lot, but Alex Iwobi has also produced some very good performances of late. He's shown that he will work his bollocks off for the team. He's shown that he is capable of carrying the ball. And for me, when you're down to 10 men... You're under pressure. It's so important to have a player that can get the ball and carry it and get you up the pitch and take you out of the danger zone and bring you a little bit higher up so you're not sinking so deep. That, for me, is so, so important. And Alex Iwobi was the one man in that team that was capable of doing that, that was capable of getting the ball and running it up the line and bringing the team forward. So to sacrifice him, again, made no sense to me. And, you know, it, it, it's just, I, I don't know. I, I can't get my head around certain decisions. There was that one. Then, of course, Mesut Ozil did come off. Um, Aaron Ramsey came on. Ser Kalasinac came on. Aubameyang um, was removed. And it was kind of like, what, what are you trying to achieve here? We're 2-1 down. I get that you want to shut up shop and you want to keep it tight. But if that was the case, why were Aaron Ramsey and Sey Kalasinac so high up the pitch? If it was a case of taking Aubameyang off in order to protect what we had 
and, and like I said, the confidence was there that we could go back to the Emirates and turn it around, then why instruct those players to go on the field and play so far up? Surely you'd be bolstering your midfield. Surely Kalasinac would tuck in on the left and double up with Nacho Monreal. Aaron Ramsey would dig deep with the midfield. That would have been my, um, you know, my thoughts looking at those changes. But that wasn't really to be. Aaron Ramsey was pressing as the furthest man forward. Said Kalasinac at times looked as though he was playing like a striker. It, it just didn't make sense to me. And then, of course, we got caught on the break and conceded the third. Now, a team down to 10 men, 2-1 down with a result that they'd be pretty pleased with going back to the second leg, should never, ever, ever be caught on the counter-attack. That, for me, is inexcusable. And that is the kind of thing that we would criticise an Arsene Wenger side for. You know, no defensive awareness, no thought going into the fact that, you know, we've got a decent result here and no thought of the bigger picture. But Unai Emery's side did exactly that too. And, and for me, he deserves criticism for that. His players deserve criticism more than he does, but ultimately he's the manager and he's responsible. Nacho Monreal was taking a throw in, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Almost as far as the Wren corner flat. There's no need. There's no need. You're the left back. And when the ball broke and uh, Wren came away with it, they switched the play out to the left-hand side. Henrik Mkhitaryan was at right back. Again, exactly as I described, in two minds. Do I go to the man? Do I tuck in? Eventually, he did neither. He didn't tuck in and he didn't go to the man either. He hesitated. The cross came in with ease. And at the far post, I think it was Ismail Saar who popped up. To, to not, I wouldn't say finish us off because I still got a lot of hope. I still believe that Arsenal are capable of scoring two goals at the Emirates. I don't think this tie is done and dusted by any means. I think it's kind of 55% gone in Ren's favour now, um, if I had to put a number on it. So, yeah, I mean, the tie's not over, but we've made it extremely difficult for ourselves in a game where we didn't need to. And, you know, we're going to be without Socrates now, who has played well in recent weeks, played very well at Spurs. But for me, that display yesterday kind of showed what we've always said about him from the beginning of the season, that he's a bit clumsy, he's not really top, top level, has good games, but can also cost you with his lapses of concentration. So, it finished Ren 3, Arsenal 1. Like I said, this tie is not done and dusted. Arsenal are more than capable of going back to the Emirates and, and turning this around. But what I will say is we've made it a lot more difficult for ourselves than it needed to be. And from my point of view, I'm disappointed in the way the manager handled it post the sending off. Um, I thought that he could have been a little bit more effective in the way he tried to shut the game out. For me, I've sometimes said that his tactics are a little bit negative. Well, if ever there was a time to be negative, last night was it. And Unai Emery, for me, I think, made that decision a little bit too late in the game. At a time where Wren were well on top of us, our confidence had taken a battering. And you know what? Looking at the bigger picture, you know, we now go into the game with Manchester United on Sunday, having had to play 50 minutes or so, a half and a bit, um, with 10 men and, and chasing shadows away at Wren. So, I don't know, but it was a disappointing result, disappointing performance in the end. 
but this tie is still alive. So, you know, hopefully you and I, Marie, will learn from that, take the criticism, learn from it, look back at it, uh, make your adjustments for the second leg, and fingers crossed we can do the business and get through because I still believe that the Europa League uh, offers us the best chance of getting back in the Champions League this season. So, fingers crossed. Anyway, right, that brings me to the end of this short review. Um, I'm not going to elaborate much further. I don't think there's any more that needs to be said, really. Um, like I said, apologies that there's no full-length preview show this week. As I've said, I'm on my uh, work travels at the moment, so it's a little bit difficult to record. So I thought I'd, I'd get a little something out um, here and uh, hope you enjoy it. And don't forget to tweet us at Chronicles underscore AFC. Don't forget to subscribe if you're listening on iTunes or on YouTube. And uh, the voting begins for the FBAs where uh, you can vote for us if you fancy voting for this podcast. If it's one of your favorites, if you listen to it on a regular basis, we'd appreciate your support. I was fortunate enough to go to the FBAs last season um, with the Sofa Sports podcast, the podcast that I created a little while ago. Um, and, and it was a great experience and I'd love to be able to do that with the Chronicles too uh, so yeah information will be available on our Twitter page on how you can vote for us uh, until then uh, let's hope we can get a better result against United at the weekend and hopefully when we return on Tuesday morning we're singing Unai Emery's praises until then guys take care